welcome in to the week two edition of the Consistently Cashin Podcast here at BigGuyFantasySports.com. I am Colby Conway at Colby R. Conway on Twitter. And with me here, my fellow compadre atop the AFC South, the only two teams in the division not to lose a game, not bad enough to lose a game, the the Ron, Mr. Ron Rigney, the Indianapolis Colts fan. Once again, congratulations on your tie atop of the AFC South. Um, other than the unfortunate events of Sunday for both of us, really, how's everything going for you, my man? I mean, it's it's, it's okay. Uh, I don't know how the Texans fared this week. From what I can see from the Texans, it doesn't look like uh, they came out of there banged up too badly. But I think everybody in the Indianapolis Colts locker room is questionable for this week. We've got a couple guys out. Um, so I figured, you, you know, you re- you represented last week. I'm representing the sheriff this week. We need that mojo because we're, we're banged up and we're on the road in Jacksonville. And that's never, never a... Uh, recipe for success so I don't think we've won there since 2015 so we'll see how that goes but we know Shaq Leonard is out we know Alec Pierce is out so Mike Pitton with the questionable tag so we'll see what happens I guess we'll just give it to Jonathan Taylor 50 times instead of 45 and and call it a day yeah I already got some investment into a Paris Campbell receiving line because if Pittman gets ruled out his number is going to shoot up Uh, expect a good dosage of Naheem Hines in the passing game and Jonathan Taylor in the in the run game. And, I mean, I don't remember exactly. Maybe you can refresh my memory. But didn't Indy lose to Jacksonville, and that was the reason they didn't make the playoffs in 2021? Is that right? Um, well, they actually had two shots. So they could have clinched the week before. You're not helping yourself. You're no, not I'm not. Not at all. Hey, I, you know, it is what it is. Facts are facts. They had two shots last two weeks of the season. Lost to the Vegas Raiders, I believe, at home. And then still had a shot to win and get in in Jacksonville and screwed the pooch on that one as well. Yeah, I think yeah, Houston lost a couple of games midseason last year, and that really tanked us too. I, I know what you mean, and you know, I, I guess they thought if they beat the Chargers last year near the end of the season, they could make the playoffs. But hey, you know, what can you do? It's mm. it's football, baby. That's what they say. It's football, baby. That's all you can say. But uh, last week with the consistently cashing lineup that we made here on the show, put up 114 points over at Fanduel. Uh, missed the cash line in the. The big I entered it in the big two dollar double up and missed the cash line by about fifteen ish points. Uh, I did also enter in the NFL beat the score contest that they have over on FanDuel. So if you eclipse that score mark, uh, you and whomever else does it splits the cash prize that they have there. So it did cash in that one. I really think over on FanDuel, you, the profits might not be massive in the beat the score. This is a lot of people kind of do it depending on the number that you set. But this lineup is really built for that contest as well as double up. So this week, after we, you know, we didn't quite catch last week in FanDuel, we are switching over to DraftKings this week, a little bit different. So obviously over on DraftKings, they do the PPR scoring, whereas FanDuel doesn't. Um, FanDuel's half point, so DraftKings is full point PPR. And Ron, I'm just going to jump right into it. I do not know how Kyler Murray is the highest priced quarterback on the board. Like, listen, I understand it's a good matchup you can throw on Vegas, but I mean, like looking at Kyler here, I'm, you know, I'll click on his name. You look at it here last game, 193 yards, two touchdowns, only 29 yards rushing. I, um, no thanks for the highest priced guy on the board. So 
Kyler's already out for me. I really hope you're not in on Kyler because I really don't want to have to tell you we are not doing this here in week two. So where where what are you looking at here on the board of these kind of top guys? We'll scroll down the board in a little bit and take a look there. But do any of the kind of the, the big guys, the big the big price tags here kind of intrigue you for this week? I, I scrolled down a little bit. I'm not hanging out at the very top. I'm, I'm going down maybe about seven or eight spots where I started to feel really comfortable with the prices, especially with what else I put in my lineup because I kind of built from the bottom up this week. Um, I'm looking in, in, at Tom Brady and Matt, Matthew Stafford there at 6,400 and 6,300. You're not spending up too much, but you're also not cheaping out on it. I, and I think I ultimately – I can go with either one. I think I ultimately like Matthew Stafford just a little bit more just because I like Atlanta flying all the way to L.A. Atlanta's Atlanta. They, they, they looked a little better than I thought they would against New Orleans last week, but I, I just don't feel good in that matchup. I feel like you know it, it, it feels to me like the Rams and the Bills played like three weeks ago at this point. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that, you know, they're rested up. I think they're going to be a little bit pissed off about what happened in, in, in their building against Buffalo. And I think they're going to come out and I think they're going to play well. I think you're going to see the defense improve a little bit, but I think you're going to see Cooper Cup involved. And I don't know how they don't get Allen Robinson more involved uh, than he was last week and get, get him the ball a little bit more. I do like Russell Wilson. I do not like Russell Wilson at the price tag. Mm-hmm. That's too much. Like, it's one of those things where, like, I can like the player, but you can't tell me – that I would rather have Russell Wilson over saving a thousand dollars and go Derek Carr against that Arizona secondary. That is hot garbage. That secondary sucks. There's no way about it. When you look at it here, fantasy points allowed to the quarterback. Arizona stinks. They are up there. The Chargers have played another game than they have, and the Cardinals have still allowed more fantasy points. Uh, that might be per game, actually, as I'm looking at it, or it's total. Doesn't matter. Regardless, they stink. That is a defense you can target. I. I don't know what quite it is, but the Trey Lance at $5,700 is something I am really struggling to not play. Like, I love Derek Carr. I really like Matthew Stafford this week. So you hit on two guys that I really like, but damn, Trey Lance at Mm -hmm. 5,700 after seeing what Russell Wilson just did to the Seattle secondary, they lost Jamal Adams. I don't honestly doesn't really move the needle all that much really for me, but I mean, Trey Lance has the rushing upside after losing to Chicago. You don't think that they want to come out and assert themselves over Seattle. Seattle is going to have the emotional hangover from Monday night. It's I, I don't want to be okay. My team sucks too. Okay. I get it. (laughs) So I understand when you have these big games that it's like, that's their Super Bowl. This team is not playing for Jack you-know-what this season. Seattle's due for a letdown because they put everything – whoa, emojis. They put everything into that matchup. You can see how animated I am. I'm throwing my hands. I'm hitting throwing Every emoji in the book is coming out. They threw everything into that game. They did. Now they head over to San Fran. San Fran's going to be there. George Kittle may or may not play. But this offense, I think, is going to come out and just say, listen, Trey Lance is our guy. We are going to show it, you know, 200-plus passing yards, 50-plus rushing yards, and a TD. That's just – it's really hard for me to not go with Trey Lance in this spot. Well, and and when I was – like I said, I was building my lineup from the bottom down, and you'll see why I ended up having a little bit of money left over. But I was looking at him also, and – as I was looking through, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to 
have a new article coming out. I, I think it's going to get posted tomorrow where I'm checking in on some of these just barely clutch performances and seeing if we can expect more than that. And, of course, one of the guys I picked on was Geno Smith. And if you watch that game at all, that victory to me was a result of Denver losing it and not Seattle coming in and winning it. Geno Smith did a lot in the first half, and, I, and I'll give him a lot of credit for stepping up in the pocket and making some throws, threading some needles that, that as soon as he threw it, there's two, three guys from Denver standing around. I thought he'd get picked off. He, he looked started out 17 of 18. Second half – or in the first half, he threw for 164 yards. Second half, he threw for 31 yards. So they shut it down quite a bit. But that defense allowed Russell Wilson to throw for 340 and got bailed out by two key fumbles. So I don't see that happening. And I was looking at Trey Lance as well because that price tag, but I ended up having a little bit more cash left over, so I paid up a little bit. But I think as far as looking at that upside and everything that you said is 100% spot on, they're going to be without Elijah Mitchell, so I think Trey Lance got to make some plays with his legs as well. They're going to be without George Kittle. I think that that ability for that big rushing game is going to be there as well. But that Seattle defense is not – if you look at the numbers and you look at the yards that they allowed, they may have only allowed 16 points, but they allowed 433 yards of offense in Denver. And it's it's something, too, where, like – I mean, you saw that game. They played in the damn monsoon. Yeah, like, you can't, the, yeah, you the, can't I, take anything from that. Yeah, no. the iconic video or photo of Justin Fields sliding through – and I mean, don't get me wrong, awesome video, cool photo – but you can't take a, a football player's performance in that slop and that feel that they had. So I'm, I, I think we've narrowed it down to, it's going to be like a Stafford, Derek Carr or Trey Lance type situation. I think it's going to end up being one of those three. I mean, if we just do a quick look down just to do justice, I'm out on Tua. Don't really like Marcus Mariota. Matt Ryan could be interesting, but I don't like the Pittman news all that much. And then Brissett, Goff, Mayfield, don't don't really want Trevor Lawrence either and no Mac Jones can't can't play Davis Mills on the road yet and like you just said Gino threw for like negative 18 mm-hmm. passing yards in the second half so that's gonna be ugly pretty much pretty much quarterback we're pretty much out on like that lower tier and that super upper tier we're gonna come in that little mid-range here with Stafford Carr or Lance so let's do this let's just go ahead you want to put Carr or you who do you like more between Carr and Stafford uh, me personally, I like Stafford a little bit more. Okay. Let's throw Stafford in for now, but we know that we have about 600 that we can wiggle with mm-hmm. if we want to end up switching over to Trey Lance. So let's come to running back here. I mean, we talked about Jonathan Taylor. If Pittman is out, I mean, what is his upside in terms of carries? 25 plus, 30 plus, maybe mm-hmm. they're just going to hand it off to him. So Taylor's really interesting, but he is significantly priced, uh, higher than everybody else here. So, Let's take a look here, Ron, at the top running backs. Anybody on this on the screen currently uh, that you are willing to put your neck out there and you're saying, I want them in the lineup? The the one that I, I put in first was at that price point. I really like Nick Chubb this week. Ran 22 times last week for a buck 41. They're, they're starting Joe Flack, or I'm sorry, they're starting um, Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. He threw, I want to say, for like 100 and maybe 40-something yards last week. And as much as I appreciated Jacoby Brissett, what he did for the Colts the year he started, he's not an NFL starting quarterback. He's a game manager, and they're going to have to hand it off. Kareem Hunt was heavily involved as well, but I feel like Nick Chubb is going to have to be the guy if they have any shot at winning that. And and they're going like they're going against Joe Flacco and, and and that Jets offense. And it took Joe Flacco 59 tries to get 300 something yards. I don't look for this to be that high scoring of a game because Cleveland defense is pretty solid. 
I, I just feel like it's going to be one of those games where Cleveland's going to get a little bit of a lead, and they're going to have to use Chubb to get that lead, but also I think they're going to have to use him and Kareem Hunt to hold on to it. So I, as far as in that price range, I'd say he's probably my favorite so far. And I think I think you can go ahead and do that. And a lot of things, too, like you look here, it's like, oh, but Nick Chubb, the opponent rank is sixth. The Jets played Baltimore, and we all know what that running back room is like right now. They're banged up. You know what I mean? It's like when you look and it's like, oh, but I look here and I'm looking at, you know, rushing yards allowed to the running back, and the Jets only allowed 46 yards and 3.1 yards per carry. Well, cool. Look who it was. It was freaking Kenyon Drake, Mike Davis, and other bums. You know, their two best running backs aren't there. J.K. Mm-hmm. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, they're not there. This It's one of those things where that was more of an indictment on the Baltimore rushing attack versus the Jets' run defense. Can they be good? Sure, I think they can, mm-hmm. but let's see what they do against arguably the NFL's best runner. I mean, I let's say, and, that, so it, and, and, talk and about Chubb. Cleveland's built to do that, and they're going to have to be built to do that. Like I said, with with Brissett at quarterback, they're not built to get in a shootout. They're not built to get two scores behind and have him bring them back. So they're going to have to get that lead early, and I think it's something they're going to be able to do. But it's going to have to go through Nick Chubb first and foremost. And then we get another running back spot here, so. Kind of like looking at the top, I really like Barkley against Carolina, seeing what Cleveland did to them last week. I mean, good Lord. I mean, did they even try? <laughs> like, I mean, really, like I'm watching that game as a as a Nick Chubb owner, and it's like, yeah, run Nick, run Nick. And then it's like, why the hell is Kareem Hunt coming in stealing all my touchdowns? Like, you know, we need those points. The Chubb, the Chubb folk need the points. So Saquon Barkley is interesting. The being the fourth highest price running back is something I'm not quite sure if I can be in on. I like James Conner simply for his usage. I mean, you look, yes, 2.6 yards per carry in the last game, but I do like the five targets or the six targets, excuse me, five receptions. And he's going to get the ball in the red zone. He's probably going to score more games this year than he doesn't. So I think he's interesting. I talked about it on profit like it's hot, but Javante Williams seems to be a monster in PPR. He got 12 targets last week. And you're a Colts fan. You know the AFC South. It seems like Houston has not been able to cover pass-catching running backs for years. I said this on Profit Like It's Hot. Naheem Hines played barely more than a quarter of the snaps for that Indianapolis offense and still somehow managed six catches for 50 yards against the Houston defense. Indy knew what they were doing. You throw the ball to the running backs on those linebackers in coverage against Houston. That's what you do. And you figure game script's going to benefit Denver here. And Javante Williams has slate-breaking upside in any any situation that he plays. I mean, we pulled up here, had 20 points on Monday, and he only had seven rushing attempts. I think that is going to change this week. I don't expect Gordon to leave the team in carries this week. So Javante Williams is a guy I kind of want to keep on our radar. Let's scroll down a little bit here. Uh James Robinson or ETN against Indy, maybe. I don't really like – I don't like Zeke that much against Cincinnati with Cooper Rush there. Cam Akers, no thanks. I'd rather have Daryl Henderson. Penny against San Fran. We're coming down here. As we get down here, the only ones that are potentially intriguing are maybe Brees Hall, if you're feeling a little frisky. And then the other one, as I keep scrolling, and I'm worried I missed him. Damian Pierce is intriguing. I know he didn't do well for us last week, but I really think Lovey Smith is going to right the wrong of not using him enough. And you saw it on Monday Night Football. 
Seattle going away from Rashad Penny was asinine. That was the dumbest move. He was running through and through that Denver defense. He had a long run called back to a hold. And I guarantee you, if that run is not called back for that holding penalty, and we see Penny with like 88 or 90 rushing yards in that game, we're having a totally different outlook this week. And 4,700 Damian Price seems, or Damian Pierce seems super cheap at that price. Well, and it's the same thing we talked about last week, and 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 it ended up being Rex Burkhead leading the charge. But I don't see that. I definitely don't see that being the narrative all season at all. Uh, they wouldn't have got rid of Marlon Mack if they felt like Rex Burkhead was going to be the guy they were going to go with. And I agree with you with the price there. The the guy that I went with, if you scroll up a little bit, I felt I, I kind of got a guy kind of in the middle of where we've been talking about here, a guy that paid off for me last week, and that's Antonio Gibson. And I went with Antonio Gibson. You look what he did last week. We know Brian Brian Robinson is out. We, we've seen him do some drills, so he's going to be back. But I feel like while he's out, we really need to take advantage of Gibson being the guy. Got 14 carries last week. But was also targeted eight times in the passing game and holding seven of those for 72 yards. Much like you said with Connor, I like that. You know, we're, we're playing on a site where the, the, you get a full point PPR. And he got 21 touches. Didn't get in the end zone. That's one of the things that Antonio Gibson has Kind of got if he's gotten a clutch game for us or he's gotten a big week for us, it's had a lot to do with touchdowns. I think he gets in the end zone at least once this week, and I think he's still heavily targeted in the passing game. Let's do this. Let's go ahead. Let's put Gibson in because I think you're right. You look last weekend, the the Lions allowed 5.7 yards per carry to running backs on the ground. So I think we can put Gibson in there. And then when the Lions Lions too allowed a clutch game to Miles Sanders and to Kenneth Gainwell. So both guys in that backfield for the Eagles got a clutch game against them too. Yep. And Gibson's there. Brian Robinson isn't involved yet. So Gibson's intriguing there. And I think maybe for that next flex spot, we wait and maybe if we have enough money, we can look to a Javante or we can use Damian Pierce at an even cheaper price point to kind of give us some extra dollars as we look around. So wide receiver, there's a lot here. And there's also a lot, that are very easily fadable. Is that a word? Fadable to be faded. I don't know. I just play Scrabble. I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to check that out. I like fadable. I like fadable. And if I like it's not fadable a word too. it is now, we're, t- we're going to, we yeah. might even trademark it. Yeah. I like fadable. So as we look here, CD lamb, fadable, Mike Evans, fadable Pittman. I, I, I think we're going to have, I think we're going to have to make him fadable because if he does play, he's probably going to be banged up in some manner. So I think he is fadable. So what do we do here? Cooper Cup's got a good matchup, but those Atlanta corners are okay. Like I don't know if I want to quite go up quite that high. But then you look. I mean, I you can you know roll the footage, rewind it, and I just called the Arizona secondary absolute hot trash, and you can throw all over them. And Devontae Adams had what felt like thirty nine targets last week. So if we're looking at the big ones there between like Cup, Adams, Chase, Samuel, Tyreek Hill, I guess. Devontae Adams is the one that I would be most interested in for our lineup. I, I agree. And I had Cup in there originally, but I like the fact that you're saving $1,300 with Adams. And I feel like the numbers are going to be there as well. I agree with what you said about the Falcons corners, but I trust Cooper Cup more to get open. He, the dude just got a knack for being able to get open. And Stafford's got a knack for finding him. Of all the things that went wrong for them last Thursday night, Stafford to Cup was the one thing that went right. And it paid off for you if you had Cooper Cup. But, you know, like you said, that I think we're going to have to save some cash somewhere, and I'm I'm all in on Devontae Adams too for all the reasons that you said. Plus, we saved thirteen hundred dollars there. Yeah, and I mean, if we have the money, I'm I'm totally fine with going to Cup. I don't think this is going to quite be Fanduel esque where we can get the top two at the position. So I don't. I mean, if just for fun here, 
Yeah, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be slumming it a little bit if we uh, if we go both. So let's well, do that. So let's it, go it, ahead. It, and... I was gonna say if you put them both in, it just so happens I have an option for our third wideout that's gonna save us quite a bit of cash. I'm okay. So dart. let's. Well, who's the dart? Let's hear the dart first, and then I'll okay. Get well, into what I'm thinking of my next one. You can see it at the bottom of my screen. It's pronounced Strawn. Mike Strawn. Who is Mike Strawn? You say former seventh round pick of the Colts, physical freak, D two kid. Made the team last year, had two catches for 36 yards last week. Alec Pierce not there. I'm not super confident in Mike Pittman. Paris Campbell has been banged up quite a bit. I'm throwing a dart here, but I think he's 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 a he's a guy that they might look at in the end zone. Dude's like 6'5". Like you said, he's got the physical tools. He's just a little rough around the edges. But if we want to save some serious cash here, I think he's, what, 3100 bucks. So if we yep. want to go stars and scrubs at wideout, I think he's a, a nice candidate. Not going to put up huge numbers. But it's a guy that I think could be good for, you know, five catches, 60 yards, and, and maybe even a score. If you had the money to go up, like, all right, hear me out. Let's say we come to this, we get to $0 left over. Would you go Strawn over Campbell? Because that's $600. Remember, we talked about the 600 at the beginning. We could drop from Stafford to Lance to move up to from Strawn to Campbell. Or are you strong over Campbell this week regardless? To, to me, they're about even, and here's why I think that is. is it, with it being a PPR, I feel like Paris Campbell is going to get targeted more. But I don't know if he's going to necessarily maybe have more yardage or have that touchdown that Strong gets. So I think the touchdown upside is greater. Um, but if, if we're looking at it, you know, in that, with that logic, if, if it feels like Campbell is going to get more targets, I'm not opposed to going either one. Because I think, I mean, somebody, like you said, I don't think Pittman's going to be fully healthy. Somebody's going to have to step in. He is the more experienced guy. He is the guy that plays the slot. So I, it, it could it could be Campbell with more targets if we're going to go that way. So I'd be okay right. with it, I guess. Let's let's have a little fun with it because this is all part of the process. Let's put them both in. Okay. Now, full well knowing doing this, we're probably going to have to drop Stafford to Lance. That's probably what's going to end up having to happen. Um, but okay, so now we're going to have to save a little bit. So let's say let's say we go strong. So we'll put him at receiver. And we're probably going to have to slum it. So we'll put Pierce in at the flex. And are we even going to be able to do this? It doesn't. Whoa. It does not quite. looking good. Yeah, I don't think we're going to be able to quite do it. I try to get my view back to how I had it. I think it was right there. All right. So let's take Cup out. Let's leave Devontae Adams. And then before we go down to Strom, let's like look a little bit down here. So I really like Amon Ross St. Brown in the slot against Benjamin St. Juiced because he stinks and he's going to get torched again, just like he did in week one against Christian Kirk. So I think if I'm going to, if I were to put my neck out there for anybody on here, I really like Amon Ross St. Brown. And then Cortland Sutton, or I'm, yeah, Cortland Sutton's going to see a lot of Derek Stingley Jr. I think that's what's going to happen. And. <sighs> I love pro football focus. I really like what their data does. But when you look at the things and it was like Stingley allowed six catches for 81 yards in his debut, he did not. He was just the closest guy in zone coverage. Why they're playing zone coverage with him is out of my mind, why they're doing it. And that's dumb. But when he was targeted, when you saw when he was near people, he was he's the corner you don't want to throw at in that Houston defense. So Sutton's going to have some room, but if you want to look – against Houston, Jerry mm -hmm. Judy is going to have the better spot against Desmond King in the slot. So 
am I crazy along with Devontae Adams to put two slot receivers in Amon Ross St. Brown and Jerry Judy in the Voltron lineup this week? Not at all, because I don't know if you can see my lineup here, but that was the next guy that I had was Mr. Jerry Judy. That's who okay. I was going with for that reason. You know, like I like you like you hit it right on the head, man. If Stingley is, is matched up against Sutton, who's gonna be on Jerry Judy? Caught that long touchdown the other night. Kind of fluky, but at the same time, dude's got the ability to do that anytime. He's got a you know, he's got Russ Wilson throwing to him. And I, I think it's just kind of, and especially at that price point, what does he end up being? Sixty-seven hundred, I think, for 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 Jerry Judy. Fifty-six hundred. Oh, even better. Yeah, there you go. So that I, I mean, to me, at that price, with with the potential that he's got to put up, I, I think at fifty-six hundred, that's a no-brainer. I'm good with that. And then, so now we have been interesting. So the the last spot, I I do like Amon Ross St. Brown. I guess I can take Damian Pierce out of the flex, as we're not beholden to that anymore, but. I, I really like Amon Ross St. Brown, but if we're going to look to the likes of, I don't know if we can stack anybody with Lance as much as I like to stack. Samuel would be the one I would go with, but he's going to be too pricey for us. If we go Stafford, I'm okay on a bounce back week for Allen Robinson and locking him in there at 5,500. Or if we're going to drop to Lance, we save the money at that point. I'd rather go up to Amon Ross St. Brown against Benjamin St. Juice and that crappy Agreed. Washington secondary. So are we good with dropping to Lance so that we can get St. Yeah, Brown? Yeah, 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 for sure. Let's do that. So let's go ahead, come back up here. Jamar Chase is is kind of interesting. But I'm worried about a blowout, so I'm not quite sure how much he'll be involved. So let's do that. We'll drop Stafford. Come back to trade Lance, thirty four hundred. We're gonna have a little bit of slim pickings here, but we might be able to get it done, especially if we save a defense. So tight end, we probably already priced ourselves out of the big boys. That's probably what is just going to kind of have to happen. Um, so where are you looking at at tight end? It seems like Zach Ertz is getting a little bit of pub in the Twitter in the Twitter sphere for this matchup. Um, Albert O against Houston potentially, but we already have Judy and we're not stacking it with Russell Wilson, so no game stack there. O.J. Howard caught two touchdowns against Indy, and here's Evan Ingram, so maybe is he in play? Logan Thomas, is he going to get more snaps, and he'd be okay, it seems? Um, what's the move at tight end? What are you thinking here, Rod? See, I felt okay going with um, Albert O in that in that stack just because of what we're going to have to pay uh, in, in, at that price point. He's at $3,700. Um, if we're looking, looking around there, uh, another guy that I absolutely love is Hayden Hurst. I, I like Hayden Hurst a lot. Had, had, I think, six targets last week, caught five of them, I think 44 yards, something like that. So not a huge game. But I think in that offense, you know, when you remember when Hayden Hurst was the guy in Atlanta, when he was the tight end with Matt Ryan there, ended up with like almost 60 catches, 500-something yards, six scores. So he had a solid season. And I think he can put that, those numbers up uh, in, in the Cincinnati offense despite all the guys that they have. Uh, catching the football at wide receiver and, and Joe Mixon in the backfield. So he's another guy that I like around that price point. Um, I don't really like too much below below those two. So I think it's for me, it's either going to be Albert O or Hayden Hurst. Let's see. Ingram didn't do anything in week one. OJ Howard only caught the two touchdowns. That's pretty much all that he did. What is Albert O five to six for thirty three yards? Tight ends have typically fared well against Houston and Hurst five of eight for forty six. And, and, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say I don't think that Denver is going to come out with guns blazing going to Andrew Beck the first three or four plays of the game <laughs> like they did the other night. Which I will say our guy Andrew Beck did have a nice little one handed grab on the sideline there, he but did. I don't think that's going to be a thing you're going to see all that often. 
with it being PPR, T. Higgins is potentially out, it seems. Let's go ahead. Let's let's put in let's draft Hayden Hurst as our tight end. Let me come back to receiver here quick just to see if we get any update on Higgins. Listed as questionable. No practice Thursday to person and a full listing Friday. So it seems like he might play, but I mean, Higgins got eight targets. So, or Hurst got eight targets. So mm-hmm. it seems like he should still be involved. So I'm okay with Hurst. And there. I worry, I worry a little bit about the Cincinnati offensive line too. I mean, they didn't protect Joe Burrow all that well. If you watch that game, of course, now I know the Steelers defense is not the Cowboys, but they got after him a little bit. I think they sacked him seven times. Cowboys can get after you a little bit as well. So he may need to get it out quick. And I think that might benefit Hayden Hurst if he has to do that. If so, I'm looking here. I see Arizona's allowed the, or I'm sorry, I saw Atlanta's allowed the fourth most fantasy points to tight ends. I mean, Higby did have 11 targets in that opener, mm-hmm. but we're not really at the luxury to pay 4,200 for a tight end. So, never mind. That's all null and void. Instead of going to the flex, let's go to the defense. We're going to have to get a little bit creative here. We did well last week attacking New England with the Miami defense. We got some we got some good good stuff there. So as we look here at defenses, you know, Pitt plays New England and that Patriots didn't show me anything offensively that makes me worried about them by any means. You know, as any other defense on here, like where else could you be looking? Like it seems like as we look here at the price points, we obviously the prices were made before the Dallas came out. So I mean is the Bengals at 2,200 a free square? I guess now that I look at it, are they a free square against Cooper Rush? I, I looked at that, and in my lineup, I had a few bucks left over, so I went ahead and just penciled Pittsburgh in there. I mean, I'm not expecting them to get four, five picks or four picks or whatever it was they had against Joe Burrow. But, man, they looked impressive. They brought it. And, they, like I said, they got to Joe Burrow seven times. They had sacks. They had interceptions. They, they were all over the place. So, I mean, we, we saw what – New England looked like on offense. Mac Jones did little or next to nothing. The running backs were minimal. It's at Pittsburgh. I just feel like for twenty eight hundred bucks with, and I'm not I'm not basing it on what they did last week. I'm basing it on what I saw out of New England and what I think they're going to do this week at home. To me, that twenty eight hundred dollars is a no brainer for Pittsburgh. But if we got to pay down, I do. I mean, they're going against Cooper Rush, so I mean, I feel pretty good about Cincinnati saving that six hundred bucks if we need to as well. Yeah, if we go Pittsburgh. We got 3,900. I know Paris Campbell's in that range. Strawn's obviously in that range. It would allow us to go back up. Let's see. All right. 3,900. KJ Hamler out. Okay. Can't play him. Cameron Bray, Brian Edwards, D. Eskridge, Darius Slayton, Noah Brown, and Joku. Campbell could be interesting. Do we go the double tight ends with Albert O? There's a couple options here. I don't really like Pickens. He could go Evan Ingram, but I'd rather almost go elsewhere. Logan Thomas is there too. So it basically seems we could go with your boy Strawn. We have 800 left over. We could bump Lance back up if we wanted to, or we could even try to – we might almost be close to being able to bump Devontae Adams up to Cooper Cup. Like, we're going to be close. Or So basically what we're looking at here is – the offset that we do there, is, is it going to be worth it? Like, if we drop Steelers to Bengals, we p- might be able to get Damian Pierce, put him at flex. So, Pierce and Bengals. Or do we like Steelers Campbell or like Steelers Strawn and then see if we can have enough? I think – I don't think 
just going with Strawn is going to give us enough to get Adams up to Cup. But when you look at it, it's about seven or 800. Amon Ra at 65. We get to go up to about 7,300 at wide receiver. Uh, we're still – we're caught in that no man's land. Well, let's, we, let's do this. Throw in, throw in Cincinnati. Throw in Strawn and see how much money we got. Okay. I can learn how to work that's going to save us quite a bit going with those two. Bengals. So we actually would have enough to go to Cup. So if we take out Adams, we could go to Cup. So basically, it's like Steelers, Pierce, Adams, or Bengals, Strawn, Cup. Yeah, I don't know. See, I I think I think for for the difference in price with Cup and Adams, I feel like their I feel like their lines are going to be eer- eerily similar. I think I like it better with that Steelers Steelers grouping. All right, so let's go back to Adams. Let's bump the Bengals back up to. Well, hold on. Let's go Adams Bengals. 4,500. Zach Ertz, Devontae Parker, Rashad White, Chris Olave. You know, that's kind of a no man's land. Yeah, I don't feel, I feel, honestly, I feel better about some of the guys that are 3,700 than I do those guys. Yeah, like the Campbell, the Campbell range. All right, let's go back to Steelers. Uh, Steelers. All right, so flex. So this puts us in the Campbell Strawn range. So now, I mean, here we could also go up from Lance back up to like Stafford or, Car, we could even go up to car to stack with Adams. Like that's something that could be done too. So I mean, we have the money. We drop down to Strawn, or we can do Paris Campbell. It's one of those or Albert O. I mean, no one says we can't go double tight end if you trust yeah, it against. Done it before, Houston. and it's worked for me before. I well, it's just and let me let me ask you this: out of Strawn, Campbell, Albert O, who do you think is going to get more targets? Honestly, honestly, Campbell. Then that's then that's who we go with. That's where I think. I just I don't I just I something is telling me Pittman's not playing. Well, the, another thing it tells me that he may not play either is Indy had to yesterday went from having a full padded practice to going ahead and doing a walkthrough on Thursday. And that tells me that they're banged up all over the place. And that doesn't, I don't think that bodes well for him playing either. I know they're trying to go a little bit lighter and get him in there. But I almost feel like if he plays, it's going to be like one of those, those Falcons Julio Jones questionable all week games where he plays and he suits up and he might be out there for most of the snaps, but he also might just turn in two for 35 and, and not really do much other than be a decoy and just kind of, you know, be an inspiration for his team that he's out there. But I, I think I agree with you as far as the targets. With Paris Campbell, we've seen it before. We've seen what he's got the ability to do if he stays healthy. So for thirty seven hundred bucks, I think that's pretty solid. All right, so we look out of here. We got two hundred left over. So like a quick look through Lance, we can get up to Carson Wentz or Deshaun Watson. We're not going to do that. We could move Chubb up to Barkley. Gibson can come up to nobody, but that doesn't count. We already kind of talked about Adams. He isn't going anywhere. We could bump up Judy to 
uh, Christian Kirk, whoa, Christian Kirk, DJ Moore, Michael Thomas, Deontay Johnson range, Amon Ross St. Brown could go up to that dead zone, so we can't do that. And then tight end, nothing really we can do there. Anything defensive-wise, Panthers, Cowboys, Patriots, eh, no thanks, not quite it. So I think we're pretty much locked in with what we can do with the lineup in this in its current state. Just going to look and see. How much was Javante Williams? I think he was 65. But 65, I think, so yeah. I don't, don't know. If, I, don't think I was going to say maybe we could put Gibson to Javante Williams, but we're still 100 bucks short. We're just short, but I just – I think – I don't know if Houston can keep it close enough that we're going to want to double up on the Denver attack. I just don't know if they're going to be able to keep it close enough because Mills sucks on the road somehow. So I think I think I think this is going to be it. I think this is going right. to be the week two Voltron lineup: Trey Lance, Nick Chubb, like Antonio Gibson, Devontae Adams, Jerry Judy, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Hayden Hurst, our Flyer of the Week, Paris Campbell, and then we're going to go with that Steelers defense and look to pick on New England a little bit more. Mac Jones a little banged up, so. I am liking the Voltron lineup this week. So, uh, Ron, we'll go ahead and get this locked in. But uh, let everyone know where they can follow you on Twitter as well as what other great content you have coming out here at BigGuyFantasySports.com. Yeah, at Ron Rigney on Twitter. Of course, you got our our, our masterpiece of lineup here. It's consistently cashing. You, you'll be able to check that out very, very soon. Uh, like I said, I got something new coming. They, I, I'm still kind of working with titles, but I think I'm going to call it the consistency check-in where I'm going to give you – uh, position, uh, a guy to each position every week. And like I said earlier, a guy that barely squeaked into the getting that clutch game or just missed it. I'm going to tell you why they got it or why they didn't. And I'm going to tell you coming up in the next few weeks, can you expect consistency or is it a guy you want to throw to the waiver wire? So you'll be able to check out my first, uh, first edition of that over at bigguyfantasysports.com, hopefully uh, tomorrow at some point. Absolutely. Make sure you give Ron a follow. I'm on, at Colby R. Conway on Twitter. So that'll be it for the week two edition of the fan or the consistently cash and podcast here at BigGuyFantasySports.com. I was so used to talking daily fantasy sports, fantasy slipped in there. But week two, consistently cash. Check out all the great content here at BigGuyFantasySports.com.